You know, none of us like being under someone else's authority. We have this natural bent towards autonomy, don't we? I mean, I want to do what I want to do, the way I want to do it, when I want to do it, and who are you to tell me otherwise, right? I mean, we're Americans. We threw that tea in the Boston Harbor because we didn't like the way those Brits were treating us. And uh, we've been pretty much rebelling against authority ever since. In fact, when you hear, and we're going to talk about authority, there's kind of this automatic reaction against the whole idea. But you know what? God's Word has a lot to say about authority. And so over these next few weeks, we're going to take the time to dig in and see what God has to say on this subject and to get His perspective. So if you haven't done so already, I'd encourage you to reach inside your celebration folder and pull out these message notes. It's got a lot of, or it's got all the scripture passages that we're going to look at today, a lot of them. And um, I'd encourage you to take them home and look them up in your own Bible because we want God's perspective on this topic of authority. So start with me at that passage there at the top, Romans chapter 13. Beginning with verse 1 says this, everyone must submit to governing authorities. For all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. And so anyone who rebels against authority is a rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live without fear of the authorities? Do what is right, and they will honor you. The authorities are God's servants, sent for your good. But if you are doing wrong, of course you should be afraid, for they have the power to punish you. They are God's servants sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. And so you must submit to them, not only to avoid punishment, but also to keep a clear conscience. You see, God is the one who designed authority. And all authority is God-given. Did you pick up on that, the end of verse 1? He says, for all, did you see it? All authority comes from God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. And so there's four places that the Bible talks about getting under the authority in our lives. In government, in the home, at work, and in church. And so we're going to look at most of these in the coming few weekends. And we're calling this series The Umbrella. Because you see, God designed us to be under authority. For us to get under what God has put over us. And when we do, we experience the protection of being under what God has put over us. But when we step out from under the umbrella... We get all wet, don't we? See, we suffer the consequences 
and we miss out on the protection and the blessing that God has for us. And so that's why we need to look at this subject together. That's why we need to learn how to get under what God has put over us. Now, there's a couple of assumptions that I'm uh, having that just right here at the beginning, you need to know where I'm coming from in order to understand what I'm going to say about authority. So let's just deal with those. They're right there in your notes. Here's the first assumption that I have. It's that every command of God is more about what God wants for us than what he wants from us. Every command of God is about that. More what God wants for me than what he's asking from me. You see, God loves us. And obedience to his commands is always what is best. Now, it's not always what will make us most comfortable. It's not always what will make us happiest in the moment. It's not always what will give us the most pleasant feelings right now. But all of God's commands are always for our best. And this is true regarding authority as well. In fact, it says it right there in verse 4. Did you see that in verse 4 of Romans 13? It says the authorities are God's servants set for your good. All of God's commands, obedience to them, are always more about what God wants for us than what he wants from us. And the second assumption that goes along with that is this, that God's ways in every situation is always the best way. God's way is always best. And if I will do it God's way, I will always come out ahead. I don't know when I'll learn that, I've seen the evidence of that in my life three million times. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But the problem is, I'm fallen, I'm depraved, I have deluded thinking, just like everybody else in this room. And so I tend to just automatically think that it's not God's way, but it's my way. That will lead to my best, even though I've got tons and tons of evidence to prove to the opposite of that. And so what happens is there is this constant battle between my flesh and God's spirit that is living in me. Because I've given my life to Christ, I've bowed my knee to Jesus as my Savior and Lord. God's spirit lives in me, and so there's this constant battle going on. That's, that's the Christian life, isn't it? between my flesh and God's spirit that is living in me. And it's the struggle of, will I listen to the spirit of God or will I listen to my flesh? Will I submit, will I surrender to God's way or will I do it my way? Well, here's God's advice on that topic. 1 Peter chapter 5. Verse 6, Peter writes this. He says, humble yourselves, therefore under God's mighty hand. 
that he may lift you up in due time. Peter says, bring yourselves under the authority of God. And so we're going to talk in this series about getting under authority at church and at home and at work. But it all starts with bringing ourselves under God's authority. That's where it begins. Now, when it comes to this subject of authority, of human authority, here's what I hear a lot of people saying. In fact, here's what I hear a lot of Christians saying. They say something like this. Well, sure, I'll line up under authority. I'll submit to authority as long as I agree with it. I just want to tell you, that's not submission at all. Anybody can line up under doing what you think you ought to do anyway, right? I would put forth that you don't even have the opportunity to submit until you disagree. But it's in those situations when you disagree that then you have to question whether or not you really will stay under that umbrella of authority. Then it's a matter of, do I really believe that every command of God is more about what God wants for me than what he wants from me? And that God's way in every situation is always best, so that in this situation I will choose to listen to God's spirit rather than my flesh and line up under this authority. That's the choice. That's the struggle. Second Chronicles chapter 30, verse 7 First part of verse 8 says this, Do not be like your fathers and brothers who were unfaithful to the Lord, the God of their fathers, so that he made them an object of horror, as you see. Do not be stiff-necked as your fathers were. Submit to the Lord. You see, there's this connection between our being under God's authority and us listening to the word of God and being under human authority as well. They, they're connected. They're intertwined, aren't they? You can't say, oh, I'm under God's authority, but that doesn't have anything to do with how I am at work. See, it's because we differentiate. That's how come we get into situations like Pastor Steve talked last week where we can think, oh, I'm spiritually surrendered to God, but then I treat my wife like trash. See, it doesn't work that way. They're connected. To be under God's ultimate authority over us also means that we have to listen to the word of God and get under human authority as well because God tells us to. They're intertwined. And so let's just deal with it right here at the beginning. Here's the big question that all of us need to answer honestly. And it's this. Have you brought yourself under the authority of God completely over you. That's where it starts. Have you done that? Have you bowed your knee to Jesus as your Savior and your Lord? Have you come to the place of giving Him total control in every area of your life? Have you done that? Have you chosen to line yourself up completely under the umbrella of God's total authority over you? Have you made God and his word 
supreme authority over everything that you do. Have you done that? See, here's one way that shows up. Your answer to that will show up. Is how are you, how do you approach the teaching of the Word of God? Do you sit here like in situations like this morning and you're listening to determine whether or not you'll do it? Or have you already made up your mind you're going to do it? Because you've brought yourself under the supremacy of God and his word over your life. And you're just listening for the instructions of how to do it. There's a difference, isn't there? And so have you brought yourself? Have you lined yourself up completely under God and his word? Because you see, my friends, obedience and surrender are the place of protection and blessing. And that's true for both human authority and God's ultimate authority over us. They're connected. They're intertwined. And so what I want to do this morning is to start into this subject of authority and deal with this first area. I want to talk about getting under authority at work. So let's jump into God's word. A couple passages here together. First Peter chapter 2. Verse 18 says this, Slaves, submit yourselves to your masters. And you may want to circle this next little phrase. With all respect. And not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. See, your boss, your employer may not be worthy of your respect. But their position is. And Peter says, bring yourselves under their authority. Do it with respect. Even if they aren't worthy of your respect, their position is worthy of your respect. Paul in Colossians chapter 3, beginning with verse 22, says this, Slaves, obey your earthly masters. Again, you may want to circle this. In everything and do it not only when their eye is on you and to win their favor but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the lord whatever you do work at it with all of your heart as working for the lord not for men Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ that you are serving. Now, I realize that you aren't a slave at work, though some of you feel like you are. But I think the points that Peter and Paul make here are just as applicable to being at work. That we need to line up willingly under the chain of command that is over us. That we're to accept the authority of our boss with all respect, they say. To do what they tell us to do, even when we disagree. Even when it's not the choice we would have made. Even if it's not the choice that we think is best. And to do it with all of our heart, even when they're not looking, Paul says. 
to serve them, realizing that who you are ultimately working for is for God. You see, all of us work for God. Paul says that. Doesn't matter who writes your check. Doesn't matter the employer's name that's at the top. We all ultimately work for God. And how you respond at work, how you are to your boss is a spiritual matter. So what I want to talk about here, what I want to give you, if you flip your message notes over, to try to make this really practical, is just five points to help you put this to work at work. To really break down what Peter and Paul are saying here when it comes to lining up under authority at work. Let's get really practical about this. And so here's the first one. It's that submission doesn't mean having to agree. You know, this may surprise some of you, but you're going to disagree with your boss at times. Maybe for some of us, we're going to disagree a lot of the time. You know what? Obedience and submission don't have to go together. In fact, like I said a minute ago, I don't think you really even have the opportunity to genuinely submit until you disagree. And so it's in those times of disagreement that you have to make the choice to willingly submit. It's not a matter of agreeing. Here's the second point. Because we're going to have these disagreements, because that's going to happen, you must learn to correctly express your disagreement. Well, how do you do that? Well, let me give you some practical tips. One of the things is you need to do it under control. Never attacking, never exploding, never going off on your boss. Under control. Secondly, you do it to the right person in the right way. To the right person in the right way. That means not your co-workers. That means not griping and complaining. That means not recruiting a group of other people who agree with you and who take your position over the bosses. It's to the right person and in the right way. And I would say that the more direct form of communication you choose, the better. Face-to-face is always the best. Maybe in some situations, voice-to-voice is okay. But never send an email. Don't do it. Learn how to express it to the right person in the right way. And then here's another aspect. Do it. With respect and honor. Here's what Paul says in Romans chapter 13 verse 7. He says, give to everyone what you owe them. Pay your taxes and government fees to those who collect them. And listen to this last part. Give respect and honor to those who are in authority. 
See, we need to learn how to disagree agreeably. To be able to express our disagreement in a way that doesn't demean the other person, that doesn't talk about them. It's really not an issue of them or the person that they are. It's a matter of this task, this thing they've given you to do, to be able to disagree with them in the right way. See, here's something you need to remember. As an employee, you have the right to have your say but not necessarily the right to get your way. And so learn how to have your say correctly. How to do it respectfully and honorably. But you may still not get your way. And when that happens, the big question is, will I have the character to willingly submit even though I disagree? In fact, that's the third point here, is that if you still disagree, make the choice, that's what it is, it's a choice, make the choice to get under what God has put over you. You submit yourself to their authority. You submit yourself to their plans. Now, I'm not talking here about issues of right or wrong. That's a different story, and I'll address that in just a minute. But most of our conflict, and most of our conflict at work, has to do with issues of just differing opinions or perspectives. And when that's the case, you have the right to have your say. Do it correctly. Do it right. But if you don't, get your way. You make the choice. To bring yourself under their authority. You must choose to submit your opinions and perspectives to him or her. Because for right now, he or she is who God has put over you. Now I can hear it. Some of you are thinking, yeah, but my boss is an idiot. That may be the case. Yeah, but you don't understand. My boss doesn't know as much as I do. I should have her job. That may be the case. Yeah, but what they're asking me to do is stupid. It's not the best thing for the company. Might be. But you see, that's God's problem, not your problem. I think we get ourselves in a whole lot of trouble because we're more concerned about what somebody else ought to be doing than we're concerned about what God says we ought to be doing. See, what they ought to be doing, that's God's problem. I'm just responsible for what I ought to be doing. And so I make the choice to line up under their authority, to do what it is they've asked me to do. Here's the fourth point. This is important, too. You have to learn to determine when things are worth expressing And when you should just keep your opinion to yourself and just do what you've been asked to do. You got to learn that. Now, let me say this. If you're the type of person who objects to everything, even if you're doing it correctly, you'll never win favor with your boss. 
You're the kind of person who has something to say about every choice. Even if you're trying to do it right. Still not going to lead you to the right places. Let me tell you a few things that I've learned and sad to say I'm still learning. Here's one. You don't have to say everything you think. (laughs) To go along with that, you don't have to express everything that you feel. And for sure, you really don't have to enlist a group of supporters to back your view. You really don't have to do those things. In fact, it's a matter of doing that. This is just a parenting principle. It's it's a matter of choosing your battles. Janet and I have raised a couple of kids. One of the things we learned early on is you have to choose your battles. Some things are worth fighting over and some things aren't. Hey, can we sleep in our clothes? But what the heck? Go ahead. Who cares? I mean, really. You got to choose your battles, right, parents? Well, the same thing is true at work. You have to decide what's worth fighting over, what's worth expressing your opinion over, and what's worth just keeping your mouth shut and doing what you've been asked to do. You have to determine that. And then number five, and here's what I was talking about a minute ago. Don't miss this part. There may be times when you shouldn't submit or obey your boss. And here's when those times are. If what you're being asked to do is something that is illegal, unethical, or outside God's commands, then those are times you shouldn't do it. Those are times you should stand up and object to that. I'd also say in the work setting that sometimes it'll be a matter of if it's unsafe. And so if it fits into those categories, if it's illegal or unethical or outside of God's commands, or it's unsafe, then you maybe should put up an objection. Some of you are thinking, yeah, but if I don't do this, I might lose my job. And I want to tell you, that is a reality. You might. I had a friend a few years back who was a salesman. And he had given his life to Christ. God was really changing him. And his boss, he had some clients coming to town, and his boss told him to take them to a strip club. And uh, this had been something he had done previously, but he was a different person now. God was working in him. He didn't go to strip clubs anymore. He knew that that wasn't the right environment to really foster him being the kind of man God wanted him to be, that it wasn't the right thing to help him be the kind of husband that God would desire him to be. And so he had a dilemma, didn't he? So what do you do when you're in that? Well, let me give you some practical tips for that, too. Here's what I'd tell you to do. The first thing I'd tell you to do is to pray. And I'd say not only just pray yourself, but enlist some others who will pray with you. Your small group, 
some other people that are invested in your life and say, pray with me, I'm struggling over this. I don't want to lose my job. I don't want to face the consequences here, but I really am struggling with this. Help me, pray with me about this, that God would help me approach this in the correct way and change my boss's heart on this. Pray with me, pray. That's what you do first. Secondly, I'd encourage you to express your feelings to your boss. Again, do it the right way. Don't attack him. Listen, you good for nothing womanizer. You know, you might go to strip clubs, but I, no. You do it the right way. You don't put them down. You express your feelings. You tell him or her why you feel this thing you're being asked to do is something that God would not want you to do. Why you're uncomfortable with it. Why you feel like you may have to choose to say no to that. Express your feelings to your boss. Number three, I'd encourage you to do this. Offer an alternative. So that's what my friend did. He said, hey, you know, uh, could I take them instead to play golf? You know, we'll go to a really nice club and, you know, we'll have, uh, you know, we eat afterwards. And well, you know, could we go play golf or could we go to Dave and Buster's and me do some other things in order to show them a really good time? And, and you know, could, offer them an alternative. Give them some other options. And then number four, here's the big one. You need to determine if you might need to take a stand for the sake of obedience. I mean, remember Daniel's friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? That's what they came up. They had to determine whether or not they, that was an issue about bowing down. They determined that was a situation where they needed to take a stand. You have to determine if this, if this command, if this objective that your boss is giving you is something that you might need to take a stand over. And if you do, do it respectfully. Do it with honor. And then lean on God to protect you. Now, I want to warn you, because I don't want any of you coming back to me this week. If you do that, you might lose your job. You really might. And you say, well, if I lose my job, does that mean that God didn't protect me? Not at all. Not at all. You just have another reason to lean on God. Not, not just to protect you like he has and is, but to provide for you and take you through that. I know it's scary. That's why you have to determine if this is an issue that's big enough that for obedience to God's sake, you need to say no to and lean on God for. Acts chapter 5, verse 41. These followers of Jesus had been beaten for talking about Jesus. Listen to their response in verse 41. It says, the apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. They didn't leave saying, oh, look, we, we took this stand for God and we got beat. See, God didn't come through for us. That wasn't their perspective at all. They considered it an honor. God was protecting them. God was taking care of them. I'm sure they would have rather not been beaten. But when they were, they chose, you know what? It's an honor that God is building, working in us and caused us to suffer for the sake of his name. What an honor. 
2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 5 says this, For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. God will take care of us. And so what we do is that you make it your default to seek to submit as much as you can, as long as you can. God honors that desire. God is pleased with our struggle to be obedient in the midst of God. I'm scared and I don't know. God is pleased with our desire to obey him as we struggle through that. And if you determine that you shouldn't submit, then you express it correctly. You take a stand humbly. And you remember that God will use this to shape and mold your character. That's what God does. James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4 says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. God will use even the pain and the difficulties of that circumstance to build the character and maturity in you that he wants to build. So you trust on him. You lean on him if you determine that this is a situation where you need to take a stand for obedience. Well, some of us here, you know, relate more to this aspect. What do, you, what do you do when you're the boss? I mean, yeah, you work for somebody, but you relate more to being the boss than having the person who's bossing you. What then? Well, let me just take a couple minutes to address that. I would encourage you to remember these same four things that we've talked about and think them through from the other angle. These aspects of submission and favor of expressing things correctly and respect. You know, those are roads that run both ways, aren't they? And remember that even though you have authority, that you don't demand respect. You earn it, don't you? And so seek to win favor with those who line up under your authority in colossians 4 verse 1 paul says this masters provide your slaves with what is right and fair because you know that you also have a master in heaven and so boss be fair and just and remember that you answer to someone too And ultimately, the person you answer to is to God. So you show fairness. And you be willing to listen. And you show concern for those who line up under your authority as people, not merely as objects to get things done. Now, 
Even if you do those things, doesn't mean that they're always going to agree with you, does it? And that's when you have to know that leadership is doing the right thing, not necessarily the most popular thing. But you always seek to do it in a way treating these people the way that God treats us. Because we all answer to him, don't we? Well, God has a lot to say about authority, doesn't he? And we've just scratched the surface. Next weekend, we're going to talk about authority in the home. We don't have any questions about that, do we? Well, I hope you'll be here, and we'll jump into it together. Why don't you pray with me? Would you do that? God, I'm going to pray for. I'm going to pray for us this morning, this afternoon now. In this room, I, I have to believe there's. There's some of us that are sitting here and we just haven't been the kind of people at work that you would want us to be. Some of us have just not been good employees. We've bristled under authority and we've griped and we've complained and we've had something to say about everything, God. And I pray that as we call out to you right now that we would know that you're forgiving us. We receive that. And I pray that you'll give us the, the ability to go back to work tomorrow or this afternoon or whenever it is with a new attitude and with a determination to, to be the kind of worker that you would have us be. God, I got to believe there's others of us who are in the midst of some tough job choices things we're being asked to do that, that we're struggling with because we think it's not what you'd have us do. And I pray that you'd give us the ability to, to walk through that, leaning on you, trusting you, praying and enlisting others to pray and striving to do it right and determining whether or not this is the time that, where we need to take a stand for just sheer obedience to you. God, I pray for those of us that that might be the case, that you'll give us the grace to do that humbly and respectfully. And I pray that you'll turn some bosses' hearts. God, for, for some of us, we've just been lousy bosses. We've not treated people the way you treat us. God, I pray that we would call out to you in repentance right now and you'd we'd have that sense of your forgiveness. And we'd go back to work. Determined to be different. Leaning upon you as our example and our strength. So we seek to do that. But God, most of all, I want to pray for those of us who are sitting here right now who aren't under your full and complete total authority over our lives. You know, and we just want to kind of pick and choose what we're going to obey and not or not. And 
We want to hold on to certain areas and say, oh, no, God, you, you can't be in control here. And I want to pray for those of us that, that right now we're struggling with that. We've heard your spirit speak to us, God, that you would give us the courage to repent and call out to you and to surrender it all, to really grab hold of that it's under the umbrella of authority that we experience the protection and the blessing that we long for. So give us the courage to take those steps right now, God. Meet us wherever we are for your, for your glory. And for the sake of your advancing work in our lives, I pray it. Amen.